Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to a continuing series with Tracy Mullins. And she is, uh, she is just absolutely amazing. She's become one of my heroes. Uh, the name of her book, Teen Suicide, The Raw Truth. And what a, what, what a book it is. Uh, it, it is a book that everyone should get. It's, uh, it, it's about uh, the prevention. It's about dealing with. And it's, you know, the, the raw truth is, is uh, it sums it up. And uh, last time I, I spoke to Tracy was right before the pandemic hit. And, you know, uh, the whole world has changed dramatically since that time. So I encourage everyone to binge listen to everything that we've done in the past. And soon you'll be able to watch the documentary, wonderful documentary on Tracy Mullins. Frank McKay here, much more importantly. Tracy Mullins, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. And I, I don't think we would have guessed when we sat there talking and uh, in, on the set of of the documentary, I don't think we, if I said to you, hey, there's a, uh, there's a global pandemic about to hit, I think you would have said, yeah, what movie did you just see or what sci-fi flick did you, you know, I, I mean, who would have thought? It's been awful. It has been awful. You know, there's a, there was a, uh, I, I don't know that whether you heard this or not, but in, in, ja- in Japan, the Japanese um, government, created something called the minister of loneliness and they they created it somewhere around october of 2020 because of the pandemic there was so much seclusion and there was so much i unfortunately there was so much suicide um and uh, and they created what they called the the minister or what's interpreted as the minister of loneliness. I don't know whether you heard that or not, but I, I, I imagine the the second part of the 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 pandemic was was that it was uh, it was depression. I've no, I've not heard of that, but that's very interesting. I'm gonna have to look into that. Uh, but the depression like quadrupled because people were stuck in their homes their loved ones were dying they couldn't be with the loved ones um it's it was scary you know um i know that it affected a lot of my uh, clients you know because i i I work with children and you know being being able to see them on uh, telemed is one thing but but being with them in person is so much better. So it, it was that was still kind of hard to deal with the depression that they were feeling. And you have to remember that they see mom and dad scared. They see the world scared. They uh, they're losing grandma, grandpa, aunts and uncles, and they don't understand. So this is this is uh, this is a lot for kids to handle. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot for adults to handle. Imagine what's yeah. going through the adolescent mind and and everything else. Uh, do you think kids handled it better than you would have expected in the in the beginning? Or, um, I, I mean, it's just it's unprecedented. It's something that that boy. I I mean, I I hope we never have to um, deal with that. Uh, deal with something like that again but something tells me we may we may have to who knows how the world changes and how the environment changes and everything else but uh, are you surprised how society handled it 
I think all in all, I think everybody did a good job. Um, there were there were a couple of concerning things. Um, I do know that uh, I'm one that that does that has uh, not chosen to take the shot, but I also have lupus, and so there's I've got some help. Sure. Uh, things up underneath that. Um, I actually caught COVID. Um, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad, you know. Um, not saying that don't ever go get your shots because I'm not, you know, I I, I stand up for anybody, you know, with their own choices. I think um, I think because of the mass of it, the we did good. We did we did good. It, it, I think it was the link that was scaring everybody. But I, I have to say, all in all, I, I think I think we all did good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion, though. I, I think I think we did. And, you know, getting back to uh, choosing not to take the shot, I, look, it, it's America, right? And one of the things we have is we have freedoms to uh, to make decisions over our uh, our lives, and that's very important. And, and so often somebody gets you know, caught up in uh, making somebody do. I don't think we should ever make people do no. certain things to their own bodies. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it, you know, that's just my opinion. And again, I, I encourage anyone who doesn't have underlying issues. I mean, get, you know, listen, get, get the shot. I've gotten uh, vaccinated and, uh, but I understand the differing uh, of opinions. There's gray areas in this world, Tracy. And again, mm-hmm. if somebody is just joining us now, uh, just, uh, Please get the book, Teen Suicide, uh, The Raw Truth. It's 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 gripping, but it's so important. It's such an important book. Tracy Mullins is the author of that book, and here with me, Frank McKay, and uh, thrilled to have have Tracy back. And uh, and you know, who better to talk to during these times that are still hey listen, are still trying times than Tracy mm-hmm. Mullins. Uh, Tracy, when. You know, I, I just started saying that there are gray areas in this world. It's not all black and white. It's it's not all, um, you know, good and bad. And uh, I'm sure that you come across that subject with uh, with many of your clients. And, it, you know, all people aren't created uh, the same and all problems aren't created equally. There and there are different ways that folks handle it. When you sit down with a youngster, when you sit down with a, you know a youngster, a, a teen, um, I, I'm sure you have to take that into consideration. Absolutely, absolutely. You have to be careful uh, how you put things. And um, you know, my my thing is is, is in the beginning, I, I let them talk. You know, because that's what they they want. They want to be heard. They want to be heard and they want to be understood. And I think um, either people are missing both or they're missing one one of the two. A lot of times I think they're they're missing both. Um, and that's important for them. If I mean, how would you feel if, if you're trying – someone says, hey, how are you doing today? And then they sit down they, and you talk to them and you tell them, and then they just kind of like get up and walk away. Oh, yeah, it'll get better. You know, that's – as an adult, that's kind of hard to to swallow. But as a child, it's it it looks different. Like they don't love me, they don't care enough. They you know, and and this is what brings them to depression even more. 
if you feel like you're not wanted or your problems are not concerning to, with others or your feelings don't matter, that's that's putting them in into a dark, dark space. And then that leads to other things, which eventually leads to other things, which eventually leads to, you know, uh, attempting or actually able to complete the suicide. Yeah, no, it's it, it's very good. You're making a uh, you're making a great point. Uh, it, it is a uh, it is a statement when you dismiss a child. It's a strong statement that you may not, as a as an educator, let's say, or or somebody uh, as as a parent, or that uh, we may not understand how heavy that is. But to dismiss the feelings of a of a child or a teen, uh, young adult. Uh, it, it, you're making a tremendous statement by doing mm-hmm. that. It's it's almost like you, your thoughts don't matter. Um, right. Just yeah, j- just say a couple. Of, okay, I'm being polite. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna walk away. Uh, is is that accurate? It's a, yes, it's very accurate. You know, um, you can't you can't stop parenting. I don't care how old your child is. You cannot stop parenting because we are the only, the parents are the only thing that that child will have definitely for the rest of their life. And if you somehow walk away or make them feel as if you're not going to be there or something in that matter, they're in trouble. Mentally, they're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, one of the things that my wife and I have told our children we have four children and and we've said from day one that we love you unconditionally whatever you do whatever you it's not contingent our love's not contingent on anything and we want them to be the best people that they can and uh, and so forth but uh, but again we are never not going to love our children and you know i i you know realize that uh, that people get estranged from children and and everything else. What what do you say to a uh, to a parent, uh, or even for that matter, a, a child who who becomes estranged from their their loved one, their parent or their child? Um, do you try to encourage them to um, uh, you, you know make uh, or accept? Whatever the other person is feeling, do you uh, encourage them to talk? What, what's the what's the game plan, or is it not so cookie cutter? And it, it depends on each situation. It, uh, it depends on each situation, but I always I always bring in uh, family uh, and and the child. At, I'll talk to the parent, and I'll talk to the child, and then at one point in time, we'll all get together and we'll talk, and then I'll meet with them you know, maybe once a month and just to check in on them as a whole. Uh, but yes, I do. I do try to educate the parents and explain to them, you know, Hey, I, I know life is busy and you're out there running around and you're trying to make money to get food on the table and things like that. But you, you made a choice to bring in this child and this child needs you. And no matter when they need you, you have to be there and you have to be supportive. You may not like what you're hearing or you may not like what your child is doing but you took that oath as a parent you always have to be there and support them and to guide them and if you're not doing that then this child has nowhere else to go but downhill tracy mullins 
Everyone is the voice you're hearing, and she is the author of Teen Suicide, The Raw Truth. Uh, Frank McKay here with the uh, subject, uh, soon to, to be released uh, documentary, and she is just lovely and, and wonderful to, uh, to listen to and to, and, and to get input and wisdom from on one of the, one of the harshest, most uh, debilitating uh, situations that, uh, that any of us will ever uh, come into um, contact with. Tracy Mullins, once again, is our very special guest. Uh, let me ask you about the schools in the past. We've spoken about the schools and how they've handled things. I, again, I think as a society, I agree with you. I think we did pretty well with the with the pandemic. How did the schools do on a whole, in in your opinion, and coming from where you are as a counselor? Um, are, are you are you pleased with the way the schools handled it, or again, is it case by case basis? I'm very pleased to have the the school. I can say that around here. Uh, I think that they were uh, very prompt. They did exactly what they needed to do, which led everybody to an online school base. The teachers were incredible to still uh, be able to teach their class no matter where they were from, if they went into the school themselves and did it in the classroom environment, which a lot of them did. But I, you know, I praise these teachers. They, uh, they didn't miss a beat and you know that they're still going through a lot of p- personal problems dealing with the COVID or dealing with uh, families that are being sick and, and so on and so forth. But I think they did an extremely great job here in my district and um, very supportive of when they decided to go ahead and bring students back, very supportive for the parents who did not want to take to have their kids back. They still offered the online school through them. The kids were able to actually sit in the classroom, you know, obviously on the screen, but they were still able to sit in that classroom and learn. I, I, you know, I applaud them. I applaud all the teachers, all the, uh, faculties at schools. That was, there was a lot of decisions, um, that had to be made, and man, they did it, and they did it quick. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent on that, Tracy. I, you know, it's it, it it's an amazing situation when everyone had to deal with uh, with everything all at once, teachers and students. So the teachers are are forced to educate the the kids at a moment. And, and again, the questions are going to come up. The subject is going to come up of the pandemic uh, constantly. Every day they got, they're going to hear that, that, those same group of questions from, from someone in their, in their classes. And they're just trying to grasp it. Because as adults, I'm 54 years old, as an adult, I've never had to deal with this before. So we were all just, we were all basing it on how and what we've learned as, uh, as people. In society, it, it was nothing, you know, and, and, you know, there's some, you know, certainly there's some heroic figures in the medical uh, community that came out and, and were were proper. And then there were some who weren't and there were some who people praised as gurus and everything else. And I think we figured it out as a society. Well, what do we have to take from uh, from everyone and what do we uh, what do we go forward with? So, again, I, awkward and and uncomfortable and everything else that comes along with it but so far we've gotten through it as a society and you know now we got some of the aftermath 
of uh, of it, and we'll uh, we'll certainly deal with that as it comes along. But once again, I I echo what you say. I, I was very proud of our uh, our educators with what they did. And some places better than others, but uh, in general, we got through it. Well, I think also well dealing with the what's to go on forward with this is people who've got uh mental illnesses you know they deal with things different than one who doesn't one who's not suffering and on that note some of these kids now who who've had you know problems in the past with depression anxiety is one and and these kids have tripled in their anxiety now and now these kids are afraid to leave the house. And so now, we, now we're working on that. You know, it's okay to go back out in public, you know, wear your mask, uh, make sure you wash your hands and, and just getting them to go out to try to get back into that normal atmosphere where they were prior is, is really hard because their anxiety levels are off the chart right now. And it's just like, you can't sit in this house because, you know, these are the things that's going to happen. These are the things that won't happen. You may be missing a great opportunity out there somewhere. You know, just try to stay positive with those kids. The parents need to stay positive with those kids. I've told the parents, take time out of your day. Go to the park with them. Uh, if it's just you two or if it's just the whole family, just walk to the park. But they've got to see daylight. They've, they've got to get out of, the, of those walls. Yeah, and it's a, it's a good point. Uh, and again, uh, Tracy Mullins. Once again, uh, the raw truth, teen suicide, the raw, raw truth to be specific is the name of the book. And it is wonderful. It is a must get. Uh, it is uh, something to give uh, give someone you care about uh, the uh, the book because there but for the grace of God go I. And, you know, that's uh, true words have never been said when it comes to parenting and and certainly uh, teen suicide and. Uh, and, and suicide in general. Uh, it's a must book for everyone. Tracy Mullins here with me, Frank McKay, once again. Let me, uh, you know, touch on a little something that you just said that you have to see daylight. You have to get out of the house. You have to do this. In, in a world, in a society that I was I speaking for myself, but I think I, I speak for a lot of parents. We were worried about all the social media and and texting and the lack of interaction that our our students, our our children, our offsprings, we uh, they had already because of the you know the electronic age and the uh, and and the minute to minute news outlet and everything else. They there was already a temptation not to have to make personal relationships uh, and mm-hmm. just do them on on the phone if if things weren't bad enough all of a sudden we have a pandemic and uh, you know how much of that ties into what you do on a daily basis with uh, with your uh, your young people that you're counseling uh, i can't imagine this helped those who were already uh, had had a lack of of interest in meeting other people personally well, you know that this is this is what I have found on on some like the, some of the kids, of course, who are being bullied and things like this. This has become a relief to them because they don't have to go and and go out to the schools or what have you and, and be bullied. Great so point. That's a great point. Yeah. So for them, 
you know, I've seen a great change. You know, I, I see them more happy. I see them more relaxed. And I think, and that's why I was saying the anxiety of having to go back face to face uh, at school was huge. But in some of those cases, you know, I've, I've went ahead and I've talked to the parents and, and we've, we've gotten them to stay in school on an online, you know, I think that, that, because they had made so much improvement. Um, the kids with, with these phones and these, these playing the games together on PlayStation and things like that, you know, that I don't, I think there was really no big change and that's never going to be a change. I think that's just the way society is. And, um, it's not a good way. And I, I tell my kids all the time, just talk to the person. Why are we texting? You know, uh, go out, go, go meet, go do something. But um, they're different than when we were being raised. You know, we didn't have to worry about all that, that uh, social media and things like that. Yeah. And still, still to this day, social media is killing, is killing the world. I think and that's another deep subject, but it's just awful. The only thing with social media is that it's here to stay. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Uh, maybe it'll no. get less popular. Maybe it'll, it'll be cyclical, where, where you know, there's times where it's popular and times where it's super popular, and maybe we'll hit some of that. But I, I, am I accurate in thinking that that social media is probably here to stay? Absolutely, absolutely. Tracy Mullins, everyone. Once again, is the author of Teen Suicide, The Raw Truth, and Frank McKay here with, with Tracy. Do you know what you said about uh, students being bullied in school or, or being, uh, you know, that this was a godsend for them to be able to learn remotely? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a very good point that, uh, that a lot of people have not brought up, but it's an excellent point. Uh, you know, if they can get their education without having to, to do the awkward social situation. Because for, for some kids, quite frankly, a, a high school or a junior high school is a torture chamber. And they, yes. uh, they walk in there and they're, and they're tortured every day. And I know people say, well, bullying has, has gotten much better. Uh, yeah, I think I think maybe it has, but it's still terrible. I mean, it's it, it, you know if if you are that individual, a boy or girl, that is getting it, and and getting either cyber bullied or bullied in school or whatever. Um, hey, guess what? It's 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 not uh, it's not refreshing to hear that it's better than it used to be or or whatever. For their reality, it's terrible. It is terrible, and just because it's getting better doesn't make it acceptable. It, it's not acceptable. None of it is. Um, it is awful, and it, all it does is is cause more damage and causes lives that shouldn't be taken. It, it's it's awful. It is awful. I mean, where are we now? And Texas and, and New York are so different. New York is, is very left-wing and, and, you know, leaning and— uh, and and everything else, and and Texas is is more from the right and moderate and to to, to the right um, leaning. But where are we on bullying? I and again, uh, I I think it's better than it was when when I was a child. When I was a child, I mean, forget it. The bullying people used to, you know, kids would walk into a classroom, and if they were the type of of child to be bullied, uh, they'd get books thrown at them, or they'd get. Uh, they'd get, uh, you know, hurt in the bathroom or something like that. Something like that is less likely to happen now. 
but there's still subtle ways that bullies dominate somebody's life and 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 have an effect on on people's lives um, terribly. But where are we in society on bullying and and coming from where you are in Texas? Is it getting better? Um. I'm going to have to say, no, it's not getting better um, because I still hear it. Now I can see, you know, my kids come or my kid at Marcus, who's in high school now. The first week he was at school, there was a huge fight that had been building just in the first week. And, you know, he still comes home and he shows me videos of these huge fights that are breaking out in over things that are, are being, you know, kids are just getting tired of it. And then, then, then they go down to fist fighting. So I have to I have to disagree. Texas, just in my area, I, I'm going to have to say no, the bullying is still continued. Um, kids I talk to that I counsel, they're being bullied. So I, I don't see a difference, Frank. I really don't. Yeah. Wow. That's disheartening, and it is. It's got to get better. What What can we do? Kind of in closing here, uh, what can we do as a society? What can they do as, as, uh, as educators and administrators? What can be done to make this better? Uh, obviously, the uh, the uh, the school systems have just handled a a major crisis and and still handling it in in the pandemic world. What can they do about bullying, and what should be done? The most complaints that I hear of where I say uh, the faculty has to make changes is to make a child have trust in them, to be able to come to them and, and, and tell them what is going on and then something being done. Not, you know, I think we can't sit there and slap a kid on the hand saying, okay, well, this is not acceptable, so now you're going to have a detention. No, I think dramatic things need to happen immediately. Like, okay, you're suspended for three days. It's 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 that. Um, I think uh, there are parents, um, and I'm sorry to say, who don't do anything to their child if if they were the one bullying somebody, you know. Um, and that could be just because of the way they, they were brought up or the way they were in, in school or whatever. Oh, it's no big deal. It's just a couple of words or whatever. I think that the, that the kids who are bullying other kids, something dramatic has to happen even with the first complaint of it. And I tell I, – I, I also say these kids – they're afraid to go to their counselor. They're afraid to go to the principal or the teacher uh, because, oh, God, if they find out that I, that I just told on them, it's going to be even worse. And you know what? It, it might be. If, if, we, if we have to say it, then let's say it. It, it. it will be. But it needs to be brought to the attention so something can happen. But these, I think the kids, is the ones that are being bullied, they, they need to be able to go somewhere where they can trust somebody. And I sometimes think that the that that falls through. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, but uh, listen, we we have to keep you know uh, pushing to make sure that we get our voices heard and do whatever we could to and whatever we can to uh, to make things better for those who are unprotected and and those are those are young folks and those are teens. And again, the uh, the, the book 
is, is wonderful. It's harsh, but it's, you know, it's it's the, uh, and the subject is harsh, I should say, teen suicide, the raw truth. And, and Tracy Mullins is the author of that, and she's been our guest. And binge listen to everything that we've been doing. Tracy, I want to thank you for, for not only being here, congratulate you on all your success. Um, uh, congratulations on the documentary that's, uh, that's soon to be coming. But just the, the work that you've done over these years and the research and the book and everything else. But uh, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. I would like to say one, one more Please. piece, Frank. When I sat down and I wrote this book, it was because uh, my kids were coming to me and, and talking. They lost a couple of friends due to suicide and because of the it was due to bullying. Um, and in my book, I, I, there's a piece about why some of the reasons why kids uh, choose to kill themselves. And in that piece, uh, I actually brought two of my daughters into it uh my daughter alex who's 18 and you know when she was i think in third grade or something like that she had asked when how do we meet our maker because she was being bullied a lot and then i have another daughter uh who was actually uh uh an addict and and so and drugs is one of the the reasons of suicide as well and this goes out to every parent who has lost a child to suicide. January, last January, I lost my 25-year-old uh, due to heroin and meth. And it is the toughest thing that any parent could ever go through. And I can promise that I was there for her all the time. Uh, we tried to numerous of times to get her into rehab. And um, while she was living here in Houston, of course, I had my hands on the situation, but she had moved to Utah and chose to uh, take her life. It was gut-wrenching, especially because of what I do. I advocate for suicide, and I think I went through my own little depression because I'm like, of, of all things, one of my children took their life. Amen. Parents, I don't care how old your child is. If they are suffering with addiction, you have got to stay on them 150%. If they live with you, if they don't, if they're in a different state, you have got to have hands on because they will find a way and they will do it. And with that, I, I just, I, uh, I say prayers to all the parents who are, who are going through this with their children. It's, it's a tough subject. But uh, my prayers are out to everybody. I just, I think the main thing is, is the parents, we've got to constantly stay on top of our children. I, I think it's so important that you shared that, and that's a very personal um, experience, and, and no parent should ever have to bury a child. But, uh, Tracy, you're right on on everything you said there. We can never, ever let up and uh, and and. You know, our children are our children, and 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 heroin and uh, methamphetamine uh, is a uh, you know our epidemic in uh, in our country. And uh, there, but for the grace of God, go I, uh, Tracy. Thank you very much for sharing that. And our hearts and prayers and thoughts go out to you and your family. Thank you, Tracy Mullins. Everyone. 
She is the author of, of a very important book. It is a must-get, everyone. Teen Suicide, The Raw Truth. Tracy Mullins, once again, has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. <laughs>